evil prophet Agabus, who was a very sound prophet in the Bible, he made mistake. He said, this man, he took the garden of Saul, Paul, said, this man that owned this garden shall be tied, leg and feet, and shall be killed in Jerusalem. They didn't tie him. Then that was he killed eh? Hello? Number three, disunity. Number four, demonic infiltration. I won't comment too much on that. I'm coming back to that. The mercantile spirit, buying and selling, just using the church to collect money, to raise money, and bring in a lot of preachers that everything we do is money, 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 money. Number five, wrong leadership. When those things are not addressed in the church, the church will die from inside. You know, we need to change our leadership. A leader that leads a church down has lost credibility. And those of us who are in pastoral positions, we have got to a level where we transfer pastors, we have pastors under us. Please, don't deal with your pastors with kids' gloves. Any pastor that does not produce results must be changed. Am I talking to somebody? That's why it's not good to put your fam- family members in, on your altar. That's why it's not good to run a family church. You know, most family churches are dying churches. I'm a co-jenny. And most family churches, when the leader has no spinal cord, he has no backbone, he can't take top decisions, that church will die. Imagine a pastor, the church is dying. We gave you 100 people, and the 100 people has become 40. I'm saying, sir, what are you? The only me. Let me issue. Me, let me issue. I am trying my best. Unfortunately, your best is not good enough. We should remove the pastor. We should stop this mercy. At the mercy of the people. We should follow driving law. You know driving law? If you go to driving school, they will teach you. If you're on the expressway or the freeway or the whatever they call it, and you're speeding, and you have about 15 people in the vehicle, and somebody crossed the road. The law says, kill that person to save the 15. Don't slam your brake. Because if you slam your brake, you'll be killing people. Church must grow. I can tell you stories, but I don't need to. No, no, your money don't. You pay offering. The one you have been paid, is it to me to God? Amen. You know, I often tell this story. And the church is just coming back now. After several years. This church was once growing. I know the name. I know the location. I know all the leaders involved. I was invited to this church. On a Sunday morning. I asked them before I go. I said, what time will I preach? They said, 10. So I went. After a few minutes after 10. You know what? They start this tradition of men. Ceremony. When the G.O. was coming, people were lining up before him. And everybody must stand up because why the junior brother of God is coming in. And he walked majestically. It took about 15, 25 minutes to get to the pulpit. And he sat down. And they had to blow a trumpet before him. And blow one at his back. This is a gospel church. And he wear this regalia and all those things. <laughs> I was watching. You know what? They did not give him a microphone until 20 minutes to 4. Now let me tell you, I am not that kind of person. I'm not that patient type. 
Because that day, I have another place to go and preach. Did you allow me to go? I, go, I was furious. If I was living with anger, I took my Bible. I want to start going. But I had this voice says, Take this opportunity to study this church. Oh, okay. So I sat down there. But I was not happy. I was watching all the nonsense. What were they doing? Nothing. Dancing, singing, collection, and all those things. But I got a few facts. So they gave me microphone 20 minutes to 4. I preached 20 minutes and get out of the place. In fact, I preach in annoyance. Just get out. I say, you people have wasted my time. The other place I have market. Hey, then, Lonoja. They didn't give me money. So two weeks later, in my office, this senior pastor came. Not the member about there's a GO, there's a senior pastor. So the senior pastor came and when he was coming, what did he brought? All oh, this uh, this one you use in making do the Agbaba. Plantain. Brother, I said, Okay, God bless you. See you. Have a nice time. Then he stopped. He said, Sir, sir, sir. That day, I perceived that you saw something in our church. Can you tell me? I said, No, I didn't see anything. Hey, you didn't allow me to go to my other place. I stayed. And two weeks later, I had to wait for two weeks before you even brought something. And when you were coming, okay, not you be careful. Don't ask me any question. I just say anything. I said, sir, please. You know what I was saying? That is what I saw is very bad. At least by virtue of my training. I didn't see vision like a like prophet, but by virtue of my training. When he pestered me and pestered me, then I said, okay. You asked for it. He said, yes. I said, if that church is going to come back to life, your leader must die. He says, my father. I said, I'm sorry. You are the one who asked me. I didn't. Ah. He said, my father. I said, yes. He has done enough. Let him go to heaven. Let him stop destroying what he has built. Hmm? I said, that's someone. If you can do that, then you come back. I'll tell you the rest. He left. Two weeks later, I came back. He said, sir, you mean there's no way? I said, as the Lord lived, there's no way. He said, what do I do? I said, I don't know what you will do. But peradventure, go and set up a prayer meeting in secret. Oh, say, Lord, take Baba home. Take Baba home. Let Baba go home. Let Baba go home. I said, but if your father discovered that prayer meeting and placed a curse on you, I didn't know you, oh. It's not me, oh. <laughs> well, I didn't know what he did. A year later, he brought uh, this uh, poster. His father is dead. Funeral. He said, I should come and put the funeral money. Lila? Lila? That's impossible. When I went to Bible school, when they were teaching on housewarming, I was sitting in the front. How to dedicate cars, I was sitting in the front. And how to marry people, I was sitting in the front. The day they teach barrier, I missed class. <laughs> That's a joke. If you stay long in the church, you will bury people. Some of your children will have to go home ahead of you. I said, go and invite this pastor. He knows barrier. So when he finished burial, come. So he went, did the burial, he came back. Says, so, sir, what do I do? I said, good. I said, number one, now, your father is dead, he's gone, and you are the senior pastor. I said, yes, good. 
He said, can you take tough decisions? He said, I can try. He said, good. I said, that altar, go and clear the altar. You know what I saw that day was that there were more people on the altar than the people in the congregation. You know, altar. So what are they doing there? Clear them out. And you know he went and came back. Though I later learned that he didn't do it the way I asked him to do it. Because I first asked him, take your chair from there. What? Sit in the front. If you sit there for two weeks, if some people are still foolish and they are still sitting there, order them down. But he ordered them down anyway. And he came back and said, what should I do? I said, good. He said, people are complaining, they are fighting. I said, yes, they will fight. But it's a storm. Inside this teacup, it will die there. Later, somebody gave me a report of that senior pastor that he was, before his father died, his father drove his wife. And, he, and, the, and the wife had two kids for him. So he went to their village to go and bring a young girl to be taking care of those kids. Later, I heard a report that I was sleeping with that girl. So I called the girl. I said, I heard that pastor is sleeping with you. She was there. No, not very weary. But she can't tell you. One feeling we will not tell Lara. I called the pastor. I said, So you are messing around. And he ran away from me. Small time he chose some bishop as his father's. I said, Except it's not the word of God. If you are doing evil, you can't do that church successfully. About a year later, he died in an accident. Now his junior brother has taken over the church now. And thank God he's a listening man. So he comes, I give him advice, and gradually the church is coming back to life. You know, the bottom line is this when it comes to this church, this church of Jesus, every one of us is expendable. If you are not doing it right, it's just a process of time. God will get you out of the picture. Because he must revive his church. Than to lead the church to growth. Number 15. 16. Forget that one. Must you get everything? Number 16. No, forget that one. It's okay. It's okay. And witchcraft in his church. He knew that Satan would try to infiltrate, compromise, and render the church barren from within. That's what Jesus did. In his first prayers, before his public ministry in John chapter 4, Jesus went and fought Satan, took authority from him. I love the account of Saint Luke. He said when Satan was tempting Jesus, he told Jesus, he took him to a pinnacle and said, all this world and the beauties and the glory I will give you if you can bow down to me because it was given to me. And you know, Jesus did not contest it. That statement. He just rebuked Satan. The Bible said, the Lord your God will worship. But you know that thing Satan said, Jesus did not say no. And you know when you do a little bit of research, literally speaking now, 
was the word who handed this word into the hand of Satan by rebelling, by disobeying. Therefore, Satan became the de facto ruler of the world. And you know, in instances, Jesus said, the prince of this world, the God of this world, he was referring to Satan. So he has to defeat him legally, in justice, he has to take back that authority. That's why throughout his ministry, he waged war against Satan, against his demons. And you remember when he gave disciple uh, in Luke chapter 10, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now, what's the truth there? Bring it to today. If you don't pray against demons, they will pray against you. Pray. P-R-A-Y. Pray. P-R-E-Y. In other words, when we become this church, you know that if somebody wrote a book, say, Satan, get lost. I don't have to do anything with Satan. Like a bishop told me some years back, he said, I have so much to say about Jesus. I don't have anything to say about the devil. I laugh. Those are devilish doctrines. Demons operate in churches. Satan infiltrates churches. Every church has a demonic attachment. Hello? And if we don't fight them, they will destroy the church. Today, I can mention to you, this is a burden in my heart. You know what, what always happened to me is that have so many, God has given me so many insights into so many areas of church growth that most time I'm perplexed. Which one will I address first? When it comes to this issue of demons, wow! You know what I discover? The wife of so many general overseers are agents of Satan. Let me give you some clues. Even your wife. You know, in today there are there are witches in the source. There are wizards in the church. There are all these abandoned All this one will cast out demons. That's level number zero. I'm not talking of casting out demons today. I'm talking of demons walking inside churches. Number one, when you see a church where everybody's barren, or majority are barren, physically, financially, spiritually, demons are at work. When you see a church, when you say people should say amen, they say amen. Demons are at work. There's a difference between amen and men. In other words, there's coldness, there's lukewarmness. There are churches you go to when you preach there. They send you an arrow. Wham! Demons at work. I once went to a church like that. I mean, Lord, church, amen. When some people invite me now, I look for excuses to deny them. Because I know there are churches. And when you go to some church, the atmosphere is so oppressive. Your message comes back to you. I went to this church. They, the moment they introduced me, I got to the pulpit. Say, praise God, somebody, hallelujah. You are blessed today. Thank you. My message just flew off. My head became empty. When Jesus, Jesus, came on, wow, came on, wow. I used strategy. I said, shout 20, hallelujah. As people were shouting, I was praying, Baba, let my message come out. 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 When people shout that, hallelujah, finished. I used to have that such a, I said, somebody stand up there. God will bless you today. Say seven, amen. Contrition, you know, it was so bad, wow. And the message refused to come back. Suddenly I grew bold. I pointed at a woman. I didn't know how. I just pointed. I said, stop that nonsense. You don't do that here. You can do it to your pastor, but not me. Or else I'll come and punch your face.
You know, the moment I said that, my message came back. When I finished that day, I've never been back there. Now that I am running your strategy, now, where? Hey, demons operate in churches. In churches where people are going away, they are going away, they are going away, and you are doing everything right. Demons at work. Have you heard what doctor said? Even in Soncho, I want the attention to you. Come down there. They are there. Some of them, they are among your deacons, they are among your deaconess, they are among your elders. Sometimes, you are pastor, you are go one. I can mention churches. I can mention, I can mention. That's why I'm sorry for you. You are growing and you leave your wife down there. I'm very sorry for you. You are coming to prayer meeting. You are well, no, wa, hold it back. Hold it back. Kill him on that. I you. I know so many of these are women that are big. God, I'm a gamish of Nigeria. What you go so much about, yeah? I'm talking generally. There are women that are separate. Genuine women of God. But I'm speaking generally. I know churches today that if you give money in that church, you are doomed. If I had to leave some churches, and that my registrar, that's why we are so close, he lost me. I told him one day, I said, leave this church, or else it will not be better for you. Oh, Pastor Dory knows what I'm saying. Because if you leave that church, now then it will go better for you. If you stay there, things will just be dwindling. Demons are at work. But today we keep quiet. That's why one of the things demons will do in church is to kill the power of prayer. I'm talking of real praying. When you are praying in a church, I mean real praying. And some people are complaining, prayer is too much in this church. That's one of them. Or they decide to refocus your prayer to something else. It's one of them. And they come to church. If you think Satan doesn't come to church, you must be joking. He's a church member. In fact, he's on the altar. I can tell you amazing stories, but I don't need to because of time. So let's wage war. Let's go and start spiritual warfare. Let's build up prayer warriors. Let's be, and most times they infiltrate your prayer warrior. Am I talking to somebody? Now these demons, they walk inside in concert with those who are outside. There are people in the community who felt that the church is a threat to them. So they look for people inside to network. And the Bible says a man's enemies are the people of his own household. What is enemy God? Enemy. Number 17. Jesus used every strategy of evangelism to win the lost. Evangelism and winning the lost was the priority of Jesus' earthly ministry. He went everywhere to seek and to save the lost. He spent and he was spent for it. He used open air crusades, village outreach, banquets with In fact, they accuse Jesus. They say he is the friend of sinners. Then sometimes he use healing services, then temple meetings, door to door outreach, and two by two outreach, personal evangelism, house to house meetings. He used every strategy. He used every occasion and every opportunity to evangelize and win the lost. He was always on the move, and he never wasted time on other things. Doctor, I've told us yesterday. He always went where he has never been. When they say, Lord, rest, I know I must visit other cities. For because of that, I am called. He did not sit down in a spot. 
Those who were inside were not his contention. He was always coming. In church today, we must follow the principle of evangelism. If we are not a going church, we will never be a growing church. I'll tell you things. You know, this is my mouth. May God help me. But I've decided to speak the way God is saying it. I don't mind who source is God. I'm not mine. And you know I believe. Before, I don't believe in church growth. Let me be very sincere with you. In fact, up to seven, eight years that I was teaching it, I don't believe it. I will always ask those who are closest to me, say, Shekini, in Shisha, are we not deceiving people? That's what I always ask my people. Until God convinced me over and over. Today, I will die for it. Because I know there is no any other way. Except you are not involved in church or ministry. You must study this. And over and over, the, the way God opened doors, places I go to, I will say little things. They will say, wow! Nobody has told us this before. I said, well, is there in the Bible? Until our church is a going church, we will never grow. When we sit down in a spot, we will die. What I wanted to say that made me to make that comment is this. You know, there was a church in Lagos. Okay, there was a church in Lagos. Some few years back, about seven years back, they moved their headquarters from Lagos, they moved it to Ogun State. Initially, they were telling us lies that Lagos or Lagos. And you know, they start to bus people, buy a lot of buses, take people to that 20 kilometers away. I told people in a conference, I said, I give them five years. Except it is not people. If it is people, people will follow a new idea, the euphoria of a new church, of a new beginning, of a new building. People will follow it for two years. People will start counting the costs, the way and tear on their vehicle, the long distance, the going early and coming back late. Is that not what is happening today? Today, these are people that say it is that one church. Today, they are buying lands and they are starting satellite churches. You know, church growth is, is, is biblical. At the same time, it's a social science. You have to study the psychology of people. You can't just say people should follow you because you are the leader. No matter what I do, people will follow me. It's a lie. They can follow you for a year or two. But when they start looking that, they are not worthy to be followed. They say you are lying. You are not dynamic. You are not effective. Things are not happening in their life. They start to branch off. Gradually. Those who cannot confront you, majority of them. Uh, yes, sir. You know my business these days. It will give you... But the real thing is telling you is that yes, I do And for those of you who are prophets, you know when you are a prophet and you don't develop your capacity to lead, capacity to teach, capacity to... <laughs> you know prophecy is both... Uh, 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 how do I put it? Pro-telling. Okay, is both foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling. You tell people what God is showing you. Foretelling. You bring it as a message of the scripture. But you know, I've seen so many prophets. They have the foretelling. They prophesy. They say things, but they can't teach the Bible. You know what happened? You prophesy to people. High, educated, rich, mighty. They will come. But when they sit down, miracle will happen. When they sit down, they see that you have no leadership skill. They will take their membership somewhere. But they will call you, sir, I appreciate what your ministry have done to me. I appreciate, sir. You are a true man of God. I love you, sir. For anything you need, sir, call me. 
Hey, this my friend just started a show and I've given my word that I'll be with you. So I'll be there. But anytime, sir, to my I think I can call you. What is telling you? He's telling you that even though you are gifted, you are anointed, but you don't have the leadership to lead people like me. Let's be committed to evangelism and growth and increase and expansion. Then the next one, number 17. 18, thank you. Jesus was committed to missions and harvest theology. He was committed to what? Missions and harvest theology. I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can walk. Jesus said, Are there not in John 4 35? Are there not many months before the harvest? People say, Yes, yeah, but I tell you, the harvest is ripe. The harvest is ripe. Jesus was mission-minded and full of compassion for the unreached people groups. You can see that in uh, Matthew 9 also, 36 to 38. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that will send laborers to his harvest field. My brethren, this is the time of harvest. I must follow that principle. Churches that are not harvest, they don't believe in harvest theology. That, and in harvest theology, this is the eternal principle of harvest theology. Your success in harvest is not measured by how many you are brought in, but your success is measured by how many still remain to be harvested. Now, a, 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 a practical example. I often use this one. Now, you planted a six plot of land. Now, let's say an acre. An acre of yam or corn. You know, inside an acre, when you, when you measure it the way we measure 120 by 60. Inside an acre is six plots of land. Now, that was what you planted. You sow it, you till it, you cultivate it, you do everything. God sent the sun and the rain at the right time. Fine. Beautiful. It got to the time of harvest. During the time of harvest, you harvest just two plots of land. And your barns were filled. The yams were very big. Wonderful, marvelous harvest. Everywhere was filled up that you were putting peace in the barn. And what you do? You went to town. You start dancing and singing. You start rejoicing and celebrating. Why? My harvest is yielding very powerfully. I've just harvested two plots and things are amazing and wonderful. But there are still four left to be harvested. That is what we are doing. When this pastor says, my church is growing, God is walking, people are coming to church. Make sure your church with the people in your community. There are communities that you have 10,000 people there in the immediate ministry area. And your church is just 1,000 members. 9,000 is left there. I can assure you this. Let me say this to you. You are not only the pastor of that church, you are the pastor of that community. That's the way God sees it. So if you are happy with those who are inside and you don't believe in missions and harvest theology, those who are outside, God will judge you for them. There are souls you will require in your hand. That's what Ezekiel says. Therefore, we must we should maintain those who are inside. We should nurture them and teach them and train them. That's why we should not make our members only miracle seekers. People come, they receive miracles. People come when things are okay, when they have problems, and once things are okay, they move. No! Disciple them, fight sin in their life, grow them, teach them, so that and send them back as a missionary to unrich people groups. Must believe in missions. Either home or foreign missions must focus on rich people groups. In the cities, there are so many people that are unreached. 
in rural areas, they are there. We must budget for missions. Every month you must raise a mission offering. And when you raise a mission offering, it's not to send somebody to America. If you don't have missionaries, come, I can tell you. For some few months, we paid, we pay, we pay the salary of about 31 missionaries. And I'm still paying till today. Though for, for the last, since we bought that, our new office, our finances has kind of go down a little, so we have not been able to resume. But very soon we'll resume. We'll start paying them. They are not, they, I didn't send them out. I just look for mission organizations that are doing quality work. I said, look, let me be paying them some tokens. At least that will be my contribution to missions. Your church must do that also. When you raise mission offering, if you don't have missionaries, bring them. I can give you their phone number, their email, everything. Support them. And you know these are university graduates who saw this vision. And they go to rural areas. I remember a sister in Kogi State. The, 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 where she will stop, where motor reach, she will take another two days before she will get to her mission station. And she's a graduate. And those of us in the cities, all that concerns us is our offering, our building, our all this thing. You need the money we wasted on buildings. I didn't say we should not build your building. We'll have win the whole world. And our church is so rich today. Not only building, with the star universities. Because even 40 kilometers from Lagos here, there are villages that don't have light. Okay, somebody at Ibadan was traveling from Ibadan to Abekuta. Five kilometers after, Abekuta, after Ibadan, they stop at a village. And they ask an elderly man there, Sir, do you know who Jesus is? Ah, the man said Jesus. Ah, I've been living in this village since I was born. There's nobody that is bearing that name here. Just five kilometers from Ibadan. With a lot of churches in Ibadan, in Lagos. You see, since I was born, I knew everybody that built house in this village. There's nobody behind Jesus among them. Jesus was committed to missions and harvest theology. Jesus was committed to growth and faithfulness. That's number 19. Number 20. Jesus doesn't want... Okay, 19, let me make some comment. Jesus doesn't want an empty house. If your church is empty, Jesus is not happy. You know, he told the story of, me, of a man who had a banquet. And everybody that was invited, they gave excuses. What did he tell the servants? He said, go to the highways, go to the streets, go to the junction, go to everybody. Bring people in so that my house will be full. Brethren, I challenge you today. If you are not fruitful in soul winning, if your church is half empty every Sunday, you are not pleasing Jesus. Allow me to say that. Because he's there. He wants fruitfulness. In fact, you remember, he met a tree. He expected fruit from that tree. And that tree had no fruit. What did he do? He cursed the tree. He said, I thought you have fruits. You are not fruitful. Let no man eat. Dry up. May he not curse you. I can't hear your amen. He wants fruitfulness. He wants growth. So whatever you have to do, within the line of the scriptures, whatever you have to apply, if you have to fast and pray, if you have to change your ways, if you have to remove all your inubruku or your prejudices or preferences, if you have to change some things so that the door will open, you can become fruitful. Go right ahead and do it. Because it is in your fruitfulness that Jesus is glorified. When the church is barren, the church is dying, the church is backward, the church is stagnant, things are moving down, Jesus is not happy. He is committed to growth and fruitfulness. Number, number 20. Jesus used simple, 
powerful and practical preaching and teaching to transform people's lives. Oh, I can't comment to I can't comment enough on that. Jesus used simple, practical, powerful preachings and teachings to transform people. Pastors and leaders, let us go and learn how to be a good preacher. Oh, most of you, like when Dr. Echola was asking yesterday, that what gifts do I have? You know, most of you were making some amazing comments. I didn't even know I had those kind of gifts. We were making an amazing comment. And you know, he kept saying that I have this uh, grace to, to, to hold my audience. I want to say to God be the glory. But let me say something else. It has taken years of learning and practice. You don't go up to become a preacher every day. I mean one day. Now I can speak to Yimbo people and they will hear me. There's a way I will say it. I was introduced somewhere. It was all white audience. I look at what will I say? How will I enter? I decide to tell them a joke. Because I follow just one principle. If you can make people laugh, they can listen to whatever you have to say. How this It doesn't work. Even if you are saying the truth, you must say the truth in a way that when you hit people, you make them smile a little, they will do. Yes, It takes practice. It takes developing. It takes you listening to other preachers. It takes you reading the newspapers. All these antidotes. You know, Jesus told stories and he used everyday illustration. Everyday illustration. You must be on the lookout. That's how to be a good preacher. If you are preaching and people have to carry dictionary to church, you are not communicating. There's a difference between preaching or speaking and communicating. You can speak without communicating. Many people are speakers, but only few people are communicators. Can I give you some difference? A speaker is concerned with his outline. A communicator is concerned with the heart of people. A speaker is concerned, he reaches the head, but a speaker reaches the heart. They will forget a speaker, but they can never forget a communicator. Because he will tell them things in a simple way. A speaker takes simple things and makes them complex. A, a communicator takes complex things and simplifies them. But it takes years. And I can assure you, being a good preacher is one of the tools of church growth. For you to develop to a level like God has brought us now, that you charge people, you ask people to pay to come and listen to you. My brother, it's not a joke. You that people are not, you are doing charge them. How many people come to listen to you? But look at Jesus. The Bible says he gathered crowds. He gathered crowds. He preached in an interesting way that people say, ah, ah, this man is different to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And what did he do? He used everyday stories, everyday illustrations, everyday examples, everyday antidotes, everyday in everything. You know, yesterday when we were driving down, when the traffic jammed, me, my wife, and some two brethren were inside the vehicle. And then we got to a point, the traffic jam was massive. I told them, I said, look at this traffic jam. Okay. Beside us, we catch up with my registrar. So we catch up with them. At a point, we were leading them. They were in another lane. We were in another lane. After some point, they passed us. In fact, at a point, we didn't see them again. So I was telling them, I said, life is like traffic jam. And they said, what do I mean? I said, look at what is happening. Do you know at a point we passed them? They too passed us. They say yes. 
I said, see, very soon they will pass us. We might not meet them until we get to where we are going. I said, but I can bet you there's every opportunity that we will meet them, we will overtake them. I know eventually we overtook them and we even got here before them. But at the point they were leading us. They said, what am I saying? I said, that is life. If you are here today, don't be too happy. Somebody at the back can catch up with you. And I said, if you are at the back, don't destroy yourself. Just do the right thing. Who knows God? You can overtake. I said, that's life. Simple day illustration. But it sent a message to them. One of them said, ah, yes, sir. I will use this to market. But that's how life is. A preacher looks for illustration in everything. That's a traffic jam. If it's what you've been on here. If you don't see it, you don't see it. But somebody is learning lesson. Life is like a traffic jam. If you move ahead, don't be too happy. Somebody can overtake you. Hello? That was the way Jesus preached. He used everything. A sower went to sow. A woman lost her coins. All those simple illustrations. Number eh? Number 21. Jesus was community conscious. He was community conscious. Yeah, he was community conscious. He worked for the community. He partook in the community. He was conscious of the community where he ministered. He sought to obey their laws and strive not to be an offense to anyone. You remember the issue of tax? Say, who did they collect tax from? From strangers or to children? He said, from strangers. He said, but so that we will not make them to be offended. Let us pay our own tax. Brethren, this is one truth the church have not known. And you know, Jesus, he even asked the disciple, who do men say that I am? Ah, they reply. Yeah, they say, you are one of the prophets. You are one of this. You are one of that. He said, hey, are you people? Oh, you are the very son of God. He said, good. You know, when you look at that critically, Jesus was not asking that question because he wants to glory in the praise of men. No, far from him. But he was asking, he wants to be very clear. Maybe he is projecting the right image. And those of you that have been following our teachings in church, you know I keep talking about image, 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 image. This is one of the greatest barrier to church growth. Not only in Africa, even in the whole world. I remember I have a pastor friend in Manchester, UK. He came one day to Lagos, so he gave me a call. I said, so I arranged that they should go and pick him and bring him to our office. So when he came, it was our class day, especially for our doctorate class. So I asked him to attend doctorate class. I told the people, sir, I said, this is a pastor from Manchester. I just want him to attend class for one day. You know, when he sat down, it was Pastor Daniel who first taught. Then, the course we were doing was uh, the community church. Because we have a course on it. How to affect your community. How to create a good image. How to uh, build bridges, not walls. How to use good walls. Taking care of the fatherless and the widows and the children and the less and the fatherless and the childrenless and the wifeless and the motherless and the, everything less. Like me now, I am fatherless and motherless. Churches should take care of me. <laughs> because this is everything less. Brotherless, sisterless, childrenless, anything less. I say, reach out to them, reach out. You create a platform. You create a goodwill. Don't say we don't have the money. You have it. Where there is a will, there is a way. You see, that person heard it. We even got to the extent that you can form a football club. You can donate a cup to the youths in the community. Go to your police station and greet the GPO. Don't Easter and Christmas. Carry some bag of rice. Appreciate them. And one of these days, take
call your members, print a verse. Uh, the church in community service go and clear the butchers and everything in the police station do something for your community I can assure you, it will create a good way you know this pastor from Manchester heard that you know when we finished the class, later I came and took my own session you know when we finished, he was in my office he said sir I didn't know this is what is hindering my church from growing in Manchester when I was dead two weeks back okay a week back I was in that Manchester we drove past his church. He said, you see, whenever we park our cars here and we are doing service, the use of the community throws stones and breaks our windshield because it's a white area only. And you can't take those boys and spank them. You will go to prison. They will just call 911. He said, but from that teaching, I now know what to do. He went and bought a cup and donated a ball for those youths. So he used that to arrest their attention. It works everywhere. Most of us, we are in our community. But our immediate community doesn't feel our presence. Or if they feel our presence, we are in nuisance. You carry your home speaker. You are in nuisance. Talonda coming, man. Lord Darius, I'm your leader now. Hello. Now, we should do community relations. You know, so many churches are empty today because we spend most of our time building walls. We don't build bridges. Walls is an enclosure. Bridge links you up. Let me give you one more. Then we'll go and pray. Oh, I wish I can give you more. Please give me just five minutes. Please. Twenty minutes, sir. Ah, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. That's a good one. Then I can get to 30. Jesus built ministry. He built team ministry. And delegated responsibility. Hello? He built what? Team ministry. And delegated what? Jesus did not do ministry alone. He sought for associates and formed them into a team. He welcomed the ideas and he walked through them. You remember, when he wants to feed the hungry, what did he do first? He told the disciples, said these people are continuing with us for about two, three days and I don't want to send them empty away hungry. So, what should we do? He brought out the ideas. He sought their opinion. He was not a dictator or oppressive leader. He was not threatening by their contributions. No, he said, what shall we do? It was then Philip said, I saw a boy here who have two fishes and five loaves. But what would that one do? He said, that's enough. One called me the boy. That was where the miracle happened. He sought for the ideas. Even though he knows what he can do. But he built a team ministry. He built them into a team. Look. Individuals wins awards. It is team that wins tournaments. Did you hear that? Individuals do what? Wins awards. Rather it is team. You can see in this World Cup that is going. One of the major problems of the African team is that we are, they are not team. They are individuals. Everybody is shining for his own glory. 
Everybody wants to market his own value. They don't play together as a compact team. In the church, it must not be so. Jesus built team because team works, make the dream work. And he delegated responsibilities. I said something the first day. Let me repeat it. The days of Lone Ranger and solo ministries is gone. Of course, there will be a leader in the front. And that leader must be anointed. He must carry more grace, more power, more dynamism than the others. He must be somebody we look up to. But look, you must not be the only leader. The duty of that leader is to consciously, deliberately, intentionally raise up other leaders. That you impart them. You put things in them. So that when you are not around, the work doesn't go down. I'll repeat this. If you left home for two, three weeks and your church goes down, you are not doing a good job yet. You are not building a team yet. Your greatest glory is that the people should walk. Even when you are not around, things will go. I'm sorry to use my personal illustration. You know, I've been working on my people. I have lots of people in the past. I have people, but I discovered that we don't have the same spirit. So for one reason or the other, some people have to go. I want to get me mole one. Strategically mole one. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that. Because when I discovered that your value system is different from my own, I'll drive you. I'll tell you. I, I even told you and say, please don't come here again. Don't lecture you in our school again. You are not lecturing. I told you and say, oh, reverse back. So say, so say, you have your own church, go back there. But I've discovered some crop of good people. Now, I was shocked he's not here because he's in London. I left him in London. He only come back next week. That's why he's not here. Thank you, sir. And some others are not here because they are busy one way or the other doing one thing. Now, I brought people here because we have, and I have people. And you know what? This last trip I did, something pleasantly happened. I was invited by the Apostolic Church, the Apostolic Church, for their topmost, topmost leadership conference. The who is who in that church are going to be there. In fact, it is the general overseer, uh, Pastor Lutola, that personally invited me and I went to his office. But you know, the day we picked, I was supposed to have returned. But somehow, things happened that I couldn't return. So I started preparing my register. I said, You are the one that will go. I lay hands on him. I said, Receive. We'll be doing jokingly, but he can't shell it. What's the one you remember? I can't cancel you know, he says, I cannot do it. I said, you can do it. You can do it. Go there. The mark of a leader is, is when things go well, when he's not around. Go there. Suppose I'm not more around. Will it be in that church where we die? He said, no. I said, yeah, you go. All of you, let's support him. He's going there. All of you, yeah, prayer, Pastor Daniel, Pastor Daniel, everybody. Oh, yeah. And you know, he went there for two days. In fact, it was a day meeting. They eventually make it through. And you know the amazing thing? He so preached wonderfully well, that it's only those who know me, one-on-one, that didn't know it was not me. And when he finished, they gave him 100,000. You know, if, if they are not blessed, they will never give you 100,000. Build a team ministry. Let's stop all this leadership that you feel sad when your associates are climbing up. It's your glory. 
Number 24. Jesus commissioned people. Is it 23? Jesus commissioned people, men and women, to start their own ministries. Have you ever seen that in the Bible? That's another principle. Jesus commissioned people, men and women, to start their own world ministries. He commissioned them. Jesus did not kill the ministry of others. He networked with others. He recognized the ministry of others and allowed them to thrive. He even commissioned people to start their own ministries. Let me, let me, let me show it to you in the Bible. Do you remember John chapter 4? Jesus met a woman who had had five husbands. Isn't that so? Good. He preached to the woman. The Bible said the woman went to the city and brought people. That Jesus even had to stay two more days teaching the people. And at the end of two days, the people said, Woman, it's not only what you said. We are seeing that this is the Savior. And Jesus left there. The question is, who did he let those people in charge? He's a woman. Another instance. In Mark. In Mark. In Mark. You know there was the case of the lunatic of the gatherings. After Jesus delivered him, he came to his senses and it was okay and it was alright. Jesus even commissioned him. He said, go to your friends and to your relations. And you ask him, so you know the guy had wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, no, no. I see you the gift of evangelism. Go! Go and tell them what the Lord has done for you and how he had great mercy on you. And the Bible said, the man went to the Acropolis. And those of you who studies New Testament Greek, you remember that the definition, the proper definition of the Acropolis is ten cities. I went to those ten cities and say, when I see me before, oh, I'll be Christmas, oh, but I met Jesus, oh, he don't deliver me, oh, now be the Lord. Oh. The Bible said, when Jesus will return, the crowd was too much. Now the question is, do you think Jesus stopped that man from continuing with his ministry? In Luke chapter 19, they told Jesus that some people, they didn't follow you, but they are using your name. To do ministry. Uh-uh. And the disciples said, and we stopped them. Jesus said, lie, lie. You must never do that again. As long as they are not against me, they are for me. Let them carry their ministry. Imagine that. Jesus was alive physically. And these people did not follow him. And yet they were using his name. He said, leave them alone. My glory is that the ministry, the name of Jesus is being prophesied. Brethren, that is the principle we must follow. In every church, there are people who have ministries there. You know, I often teach, when I teach the closing the back door of the church, I always say that it's not everybody that comes to your church that will stay. I often say that when God sends people to church, He sends three different kind of people. They pass by, they are just passing by. They will collect miracle signs and wonders and they will go. They won't stay. Number two, the pillars. Young men, young women, that God has sent to come and be a pillar of support in that church. Number three, he will send those who comes only for training. They will get saved, they will get healed, they will get baptized, they will get delivered, but God has a ministry for them somewhere else. He just brought them under you so that you can impact them, so that they can learn from you, so that they can take part of your spirit and pour it onto them. But you know the problem of the African church? Those two last set of people, 
we don't recognize them. It is the first set we labor all over. The passerby, we receive a miracle, and they won't stay. Why don't you concentrate your effort on the last two? Why don't you ask God, open my eyes, let me see them. And when somebody comes to you, yes, I have a ministry, sir. This thing has been bugging me. I have a ministry, sir. Release him, oh. Even if you don't believe in him, release him, oh. Release him, oh, and leave him alone, oh. You know what I've learned? If you come to me that you have a ministry, praise God. Hallelujah. Even if I don't believe in you, I won't tell you. I'll pray. God bless your son. According to his conversion, I release him. Let him go and walk. You know the truth? If he goes and succeeds, he'll remember me. That he's a good man. He was there when I started. If he goes and fails, he has a place to return back to. And you know it has happened. People that doesn't believe in you, by the time you went out and you made it, you don't remember them for good. Let's release people. It is your glory that you are releasing people. I know leaders in this nation that if somebody goes from there, they will cause the person. You are causing your future. Because you see, you will not die young. Your ministry will get to a level whereby your church will no longer... You know he was teaching us retirement package the other day. Most of us don't have retirement package. Your ministry will get to a level that you don't die, you are not sick, but you can no longer lead the church. You have to be around. If they invite you at all, they say you should share grace. Hold on, friend of my friend, As I think, I have to be around. They won't allow you to preach. I want to be around. I want you to be around. I to be around. I want you to to be around. But it is the children you have raised by then that will be feeding you. That's the way God designed ministry. So the question is, who are you raising? Who are you releasing? Who are you deliberately investing in? So I believe in you, young man. Even if you don't believe in yourself. Somebody believe in me. That's why I'm still loyal to them till today. Whatever they do, I'll still be loyal. Because they believe in me when nobody believed in me. Some people were there for me. And I want to be there for some people. And that's what I'm trying to do, my brother. I want to be there for some people. And that's all we should be doing. Let's be there for some people. You see, this is a revolving thing. There was a time, people like us were ordinary church members. Newly say, somebody was there for us. Even though they were not there too well, but they were there. We have a platform to climb on. I want to be a platform for others today. Because who knows, in the next 50, 60 years, we will no longer be here if Jesus dies. Somebody will have to carry on the fire of the gospel. Let us be there for them today. That's what Jesus did. He was there. No spend all your time preaching, counseling, praying, prophesying, leading, visiting. Mm -mm. Spend many of your time teaching, training, providing platform and releasing people. The Lord will bless you in Jesus' name. Jesus invested in youths and children. That children ministry. You know they brought lots of children to him. He laid hands on them. Thank you, sir. He laid hands on them and released them. And he healed many children. Even there was a particular case in Matthew chapter 10, I mean Mark chapter 10, where uh, the disciples were trying to drive away the children. Jesus said, no! Suffer the little ones to come! Because they are the future of this world. This is the way I love to say it. Men are the pillars of the church. That's why we announced that men's seminar to you yesterday. And we still announce. We expect many men to be there. Women are the beauty of the church. Children are the future of the church. 
one of the reasons that make uh, Europe to go down, spiritually speaking, today was that they did not carry their children along in their evangelistic outreach. So when Islam came over around the whole place, all these places we call Tunisia today is a former Christian church, Christian country, Algeria. All this, whenever you read Katke in Acts of Apostles, that's the present day Tunisia. They were places where Christians came to. The present day Iraq, Iran, they were Bible places. But because they never took their children into consideration, when Islam came, Islam focused. And you see the strategy of Islam? Islam focused on children. Communism also focused on children. In churches today, we don't focus on our youth and, ch and children. In fact, most of us don't have a children's church. We only have a children's department. And when you get to that department, the place is not setting, it's down, there's no tour, there's no... The place is not good. Let me tell you one secret. If you focus on the adults, they don't come. Focus on children. Concentrate on children. Make the place conducive. Teach them. Stay with them one by one. When those children get saved, statistics have revealed that those children will go and bring their fathers and mothers. Many times, children are the door of evangelism to a household. So if you are working in the children department, you are building tomorrow. Please don't be discouraged. Let children salvation. Get, let them bring their friends. Children are simple-hearted. Let's make our children chore. Don't let us say children department. Let's say children chore. You know what most of us do? Our children department will go and put a teacher in secondary school. And till you beat us and wash your food. Our day church in Sunday, and who do you make the usher of the children? A policeman. Mobile police. But it's a brother. If you misbehave here, you will go home to tell your father what I did to you. You better sit. And those children will be shaking and shivering. That's not a children, church. Get qualified teachers. People that know how to handle children. People that can take it as a ministry. Not just that and they send me there. Mm -mm, that's their vision. That's their ministry. Yeah, so that we can take care of children. They are our future. The faith that forgets our children is a faith that have no future. Jesus built a financially buoyant ministry. I think I will stop there. No, 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 no. Don't let me come in. Okay. That's 25, right? He built a financially buoyant ministry. Then Jesus took care of his workers and gave them good retirement package. If your child don't take care of you, take care of yourself. And if anybody is working for you, please pay them well. Pay them well. Number what now? Huh? 26. Jesus encouraged small group meetings in homes and in places. Small group meetings here and there. He did not only do temple ministry. He also do house to house ministry. Bible study clubs. Prayer meetings. In houses. In places. In offices. He encourages that. He visited homes. In fact, he conducts some healing, healing, healing meetings in homes. Please, sir, and ma, look up at me. Our ministry should not only be in the temple. Every place is our ministry. Go to houses. People that will not come to church, you go to them. Train your people. 
lay hands on them on church on Sunday. If you prefer calling house fellowship, home group, whatever, call it the nomenclature, doesn't really matter. Call them out on Sunday. The key to impart is those leaders. Choose them carefully, train them very well, lay hands on them, take part of your spirit, your anointing, impart them, and tell people these are the hands of the pastor, the feet of the pastor. They carry my anointing, they carry my grace, they carry my power. When they visit you, it is pastor that visits you. And make sure these people, they are people that have the gift of evangelism. Send them out to the communities. Let them hold meetings in houses and places with two or three. Let them pray for people. People will get healed. People will get saved. People will get delivered. And by and by, in process of time, those people will break their inhibitions about church. They will come to church and the church will grow. Let us jettison this idea that everything about church is in the temple. No! The disciples showed that to us. In fact, that's what we call 2020 vision. Acts chapter 20 verse 20. Preach in the temple and from house to house. Let us do small group meetings, house meetings. Go and organize your people. You may not organize the whole church at the onset. Let, do some people as a pilot case. Take them. House to house, house to house, house to house, and reach out to them. I remember the church of Pastor Lake in London. I taught them that. And the church is growing today. I remember a friend also in South Africa, Peter Defin. I've not got time to tell you his story. We've been building a relationship for 10 years. He never invited me to his church. But the last time, last month, when I was in South Africa, I was in his church. When I preached, he said, Francis, I'm shocked that for 10 years I never brought you to my church. Because the people were shouting, where did you get this man? Kimode, so I was like Timothy called 15 years ago. Not this one. I was supposed to preach one night. He said two. In fact, he was asking me later. I said, does, where does your diary say? You are going? I said, yes, I'm going. And he said, my brother, we are going to learn something better. And when I knew him, his church was just, okay, his church grew from 400 to 200. Yes. Because the church was his father's church. So his father, his father retired. He's a white guy. White. But he's an African because he was born in Congo. His great-grandmother was the wife of Smith Wigglesworth. So But his father handed over the church to him. And uh, the church broke down. That was when we met in a conference. I wasn't speaking in the conference. I was just sitting down there selling my books. So he came over and said, Hey man, you wrote all these books? I said, yes. He said, can I buy? He bought one. I gave him another one free. And you know that opened him up. He said, you know, I just took over the church of my father. He was around 23 years old by then. I just took over the church of my father and the church grew from 400 to 200. Oh, I said, beautiful. He said, what? I'm in trouble. I said, you're not in trouble. He said, tell me what to do. I said, you can't climb on the influence of your father. Those who 200 are left, they don't believe in you. Those 200 that remain, believe in you. Concentrate your attention on them. Grow them. Prove to them that you are worthy of this position. Many of them believe that your father put you there because you are his son. Now you need to prove to them that I am there because God calls me here. I said that will show that you demonstrate that leadership. You demonstrate that uh, you demonstrate that competence. You say, Oh Francis, 
I said, take this book. I remember I gave him the impact driven church. I said, you go and read that and follow it to the letter. You know, for 10 years, I didn't hear. That was year 2000. I didn't hear from him again. Once in a while, I'll send him in May. If I go to South Africa every year, I'll call him up. He gave me his landline. He didn't give me his mobile line. For 10 years, I only saw him twice. One day, he was coming to Nigeria. I said, somebody invited him from Oweri. He called me up, and I met him at Sheraton Hotel. He took me to the banquet. That was the first time of eating breakfast at Sheraton. I'm opening me. Man, boom me. He gave me $200. I said, what's that for? He said, you know what? My church has grown. From that 200 we are now 1000 I said, Peter? He said, yes. So when I was to travel to South Africa in May, I sent him an email. I'm coming around. He said, yes, this is good. I think you need to visit my church. You know, when I got there, this guy has bought four acres of land, constructing a massive stadium church. And the church has grown to 2500 he told people, he said, this is the man. Though he has not appreciated, though you have not met him, but this is the man that was giving me those ideas that I was using. And you know, people were clapping, clapping. One at the one time, oh, water, oh, water. You know, by the time he heard me preaching, oh, he said, Francis, Francis. Each time you are coming here, you must speak in this church. Now it took me 10 years. We build a relationship. We build a relationship is everything in ministry. And you know, those are stories that encourage me that this thing is working. That even if Nigerians are not using it, people outside Nigeria are using it. Even if Nigerians say it doesn't work, it works. Okay, what led me there is this. He now said, help me talk to my... In fact, the first night, I spoke to his house fellowship leaders. So I told them how to go about it. They were just starting it. He said, because we want to close our back door. I said, yes, this is the most effective way to close your back door. So I, I spoke to the house fellowship... In fact, I didn't go home. I didn't, I didn't travel with my house fellowship material. So the moment he told me that, I put a call through back here. I said, please, go to my office and get me this home cell material and email it to me. They emailed it, I downloaded it, I printed it, I gave him a copy. And today, that church is growing in leaves and bounds. And you can be sure, that is church of four acres. It's our conference center in South Africa. Sincerely, you know very soon, it's only good people I will take, okay? We will go together. You sit down. I'll give you a platform. I'll give you a platform. I'll give you a platform. The final one. The final one. Okay, let me mention this. Okay, the final one. Jesus used advertisement and technology to enhance his ministry. He uses advertisement and technology to enhance what? His ministry. I must close. But let me say this to you. Whatever you are doing and you don't advertise it, you are like a man winking in the dark. You know what you are doing, but nobody else knows. Advertise. Of course it's expensive, but advertise. Hello? 
Let me give you an akorum. The akorum is aina. You know that name we call aina. A I N A. Aina. Write aina. A I N A. Then I will give you. That's the definition of advertisement. Aina. You can easily remember aina. Or ayana. Ayana. This is aina. A stands for awareness. I stand for interest. N stand for news. I stand for interest. N news. A, the last A stand for awareness. Advertise. When you advertise, you are creating awareness. And through the awareness you create, you create interest in people. When people are interested, you are creating news and they will eventually accept you. Use radio, use television, use newsletters, handbills, flyers, bulletins. Use them. Spend money. It goes why? If I can tell you that journal, that our journal, if I tell you the testimonies, I can't finish telling you testimonies because I send them as far as America, as Canada, as Zambia, South Africa. I send them. And all this advertisement. You know, we have a website. www.churchgrowthafrica.org You go and visit them. You see our books online. You see everything. And if I tell you what those things have done for us. Of course it's expensive. I put my book online. Of course it's expensive. But if I tell you, today, to God be the glory, we ship books to Canada, to America. To that conference we did in uh, UK. I cargo book. I pay 150 something thousand because it is 151 kg book. And you know, we sold more than half of it. Of course, I don't need to tell you I brought money back. I show was short. I carry video, I carry everything, I ship it over. And as I was preaching, I say it's in one of my books. As I was preaching, I say it is in that city. If you want to hear more, it is there. Of course, I was preaching about me, but we pay, I brought things. Mm-hmm. You market. And you know those books get into somebody's hand. Somebody receive. Somebody call back. Somebody order for it. Somebody do this. Somebody is paying for it. Yes. That's your other means of income. As compare, I mean, not only the salary, advertise and create awareness. Use technology. You know what is technology? Jesus stood beside the seashore. Have you ever read Luke chapter 5? When he borrowed the boat of Peter, he said, push it a little into the river. When he pushed it a little... Have you ever discovered that Jesus always go beside the seashore to speak to crowds? Have you asked questions? You know this is the truth. He was using the water technology called echo. As he speaks, the water echo the voices. So thousands can hear. Stand up on your feet. The last word. A. Acceptance. Awareness, interest, news, acceptance. I know. Awareness, create awareness. All your adverts may not bring in people today, but they will bring in people tomorrow. Some people will be aware of what you are doing. Like in that community, you see, if I come to your community and ask for your church from two people and they don't know your church, you are doing a year job. I once went to a community. 
they invite me to preach. And when I got there, I didn't know the road because the pastor said, when you come down the bus stop, you go straight and you turn right, you go down, say roundabout, you turn the roundabout, the last street by your left, you go down. As you reach down, you turn right again. Ask for the church. When I turned the first turning, turned the second turning, Timmy, research you. When Jesus got me, hey, I asked somebody, I said, please, hey, do you know this church here? Yeah? The guy said, I've been around for 15 years. I've been living here. I've never heard of that church. I asked another chap. I said, did you hear of this church? Can you give me this? I said, I've been here for the last 10 years. I've never heard of that church. I eventually traced the church. Not because, uh, it's because there was, my, I used my last money to enter bus reach there. So I persevered, I got to the church. But the first thing I told the pastor, I said, this church will not grow. He said, why? I said, people that have been living here 15, 20 years, they don't know you are alive. They don't know you are in existence. Why? No awareness. Print flyers, print posters, distribute. Have a, this, uh, your vision statement, your mission statement, print it, circulate. It's expensive, yes, but do it. Let people know you are here. Hello? Remember, in John chapter 7, the brothers of Jesus told him, no man that is doing this thing you are doing and hide it himself. Go and show yourself to the world. The bottom line, if you don't blow your own trumpet, nobody will blow it for you. Hallelujah. I believe we have been seriously loaded this morning. I don't even know which area we should pray about now. So we will not do much praying. We will just take one prayer point and we will invite our daddy to continue from where he has stopped. I believe that we have learned so many things. Spiritual warfare and the advertisement, publicity, evangelism. There are so many. I want you to just lift up your right hand to God and ask for wisdom. That Lord, give me leadership wisdom. Wisdom to manage your work in this 21st century and beyond. Wisdom to put all these things together and make it work. Let wisdom from above. Wisdom to keep me ahead because I am the head where I came from. Let it be released. Let's open a matter and begin to talk to God. Wisdom. Let's ask for leadership wisdom. The wisdom of a leader. To be able to cook these things together and make it work. And the assignment that you have given to me let's ask for wisdom let's ask for wisdom let's ask for the wisdom of god that is what we need to put these things together to make it work wisdom in the area of spiritual warfare wisdom in leadership wisdom in handling people under me wisdom in advertisement and evangelism let's speak to god lord give me wisdom lord give me wisdom as you are rounding up that prayer, begin to tell God, give me grace to soak in more, even as this conference continues. Give me grace to soak in wisdom, to soak in knowledge as it's been released. Give me the wisdom and the grace to soak in revelations as it will be revealed more. Ask for grace to soak in these things so that they be useful for you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. As we are praying, so shall it be. Amen. Before we sit down, let's put our hands together and welcome our daddy in the Lord. That is Dr. Eo Itiola to the microphone.
I believe you can clap better than that. Amen. You may have your seats, please. Thank you. We're doing everything to close as early as possible today. So what I'm going to do is uh, make my session as brief as possible. Maybe we'll do 30 minutes of spiritual warfare. And then I will hand over to Prophet Gar, who will also minister to us before we leave this place this afternoon. Yesterday I promised to bring some handouts for you. I don't know where they are, but they are somewhere out there. We were only able to make 50 copies. So, if you need your copies free, please check where they do the registration. Can you help me find out where it is so I can give the right information? are extracted they will not give you now if you go there it's when we close that they will give you alright Pastor Alex where are you going to put them there are only 50 of them so I don't know how we are going to sir no just give them to them at the registration then whoever gets there first gets them People will rush out. The ushers will be led by the Spirit. Alright, ushers. Don't give to anybody from Fresh Anointing. These one, two, three people in the front, don't give them. Because I know them. Is not directed by the Spirit to you. <laughs> if it says, all right, go ahead. Let's make it fast. By the way, it's, it's not copyrighted, so you can make as many copies as you will. If you are from Fresh Anointing, just tell them I don't want it.
if you don't if you don't have a copy, just get from someone who has and make a photocopy of it.